0: This podcast episode is sponsored by Navy Pro Tools. As business owners of Ever Pretty Beauty Studio, we understand the importance of using the highest quality tools and hygiene products. We instantly fell in love with Navy Pro Tools when we first invested in
1: their cuticle pushers named Ethel and Doris. Their titanium coating gives them their signature gold look, but also helps minimise cross-contamination and we were
0: blown away by their precision. Hygiene has always been a top priority in the studio and using the Navy three-step hygiene process has allowed us to work safely and effectively, giving us full confidence. Navy's hygiene system has been created with the help from Dr Fenton, an infection prevention and control expert. If you wish to place an order, you can use our code pretty10 for 10% discount.
1: and welcome to the beauty edit podcast a podcast solely dedicated to the nail and beauty industry
0: in today's episode we're going to be joined by laura and heather the founders of the non-profit organization in safe hands through their bespoke training courses they aim to teach beauty professionals how to manage and support clients mental health concerns and disclosures without compromising their own laura and heather reached out to us at the beginning of creating the beauty edit podcast
1: and we felt it was important to create an episode dedicated to the subject mental health. Before we continue, please note, this episode contains emotive and triggering content.
0: Hi! Hi! Hello ladies! Hello! Hi. Is this the first time we've done a podcast with four people, or is this the, no, this is second. the second time? Second time, oh, yeah. So blessed. It, <laughs> it's always interesting with four. Yes. <laughs> the more the merrier. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining us to record this podcast episode we're so so excited um to talk about mental health even though it's a bit of a touchy subject sometimes Mm -hmm. um but a very important one so I think to start with could you maybe give us an introduction to yourselves personally um and sort of like your journeys to where you are now but also um in safe hands okay
2: um well I'm Heather um co-founder of in safe hands and um my background is um I'm a beauty therapist and holistic therapist and I have owned my own business for about 15 years now maybe yeah a bit longer than that and um and basically throughout the 15 years there's been a lot of clients that have told me a lot of things as I'm sure there is for you guys and um lots of hairdressers and, you know, anyone in the industry where they've called us their therapist as well as their, um, you know, their counsellor as well as their therapist, yeah. if you like. And um, and then a, a year or so, 18 months ago now, um, I had two disclosures in one week. Um, and it just made me think that we have have – we're in a position of privilege is what we like to say – where people do confide in us and um but yet we have no actual training on um on how to deal with these things and you know no no training in counseling or how you should speak and um and listen effectively to clients and so I had these two disclosures and I just thought I don't know whether I've said the right thing I think I have but I'm not sure and um and it scared me, if I'm being honest with you, mm. because I was really this one particular girl, I was really mm. worried that she could go away and hurt herself. And I didn't know what I, sh- the right thing for me to do. My natural instinct was to phone her that evening and to try and rescue her and try and, you know, you can phone me whenever you want, that kind of mm. attitude. And then I then I spoke to Laura and we had a long conversation and I realized that would have been the wrong thing to do um and that is where i come from that's my side of 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 um in safe hands and um i've been lucky that i i don't actually have not necessarily suffered from mental health issues but i was diagnosed with cancer 5 years ago so what comes with that kind of diagnosis obviously has its own mental health um yeah. issues and i never really suffered from anxiety beforehand whereas i can have moments of quite not severe anxiety but it it come, you know it comes and goes but yeah um, I can imagine so that for me that's kind of me mm. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so, where I come
1: from <laughs> so did you guys know each other before yeah. creating in safe hands
3: yeah so we did we knew so so I'm Laura the other co-founder of in safe hands so um yes we did so my background is in so i have worked with um charities as um uh, with sort of social services with the police in various supportive roles so um i have worked with vulnerable families and then i started working with the homeless and um care leavers uh, and so i'm trained predominantly in mental health domestic violence um trauma oh gosh There's lots of different, so trauma, psychologically informed environments and yet mental health amongst many other things. And so I'd sort of been working in this industry and Heather was aware of that because of Heather was a mother at the school of my daughters. So we met each other in the playground and we had sort of friends of friends. And so we knew each other and Heather was aware of what I did as a job because of friends of friends. And so she knew that I worked with a range of services. So that's why Heather came to me literally in the school playground and said, I need to have a chat with you. I've got this client, I'm really worried about them. Um, and so we had a chat and my sort of, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Head, my first thing was like, okay, talk to me about this. And Heather was like, you know, she's she's called me at 10 o'clock and I was like, whoa, what, whoa. What do you mean she's called you at 10 o'clock? Well, how is she calling you at 10 o'clock? Why's your phone on at 10 o'clock? You know, <laughs> and it went from there. And it was the realisation, you know, I'm the desensitised um, support worker that is very used to working in a, in a very sort of high intensity way with a very, very high level of, um, of vulnerability. And, and there was something to be said for that in between. Yeah. You know, which yeah. which is Heather that, you know, isn't trained in mental health, in domestic violence. You know, I've also done um, suicide awareness training and, and a huge emphasis on my work is about responsibility and um, boundaries and shifting that responsibility from yourself and understanding that it isn't yours to hold. But we really quickly discovered that normal, for want of a better word, normal people wouldn't have that knowledge you yeah. know like know. Heather, who is a wonderfully empathetic person and somebody that sort of naturally wants to help, you know. And I also have that within me, as do a lot of people. And when you're faced with something that is potentially life or death, and, you know, sorry to go heavy so early on.
1: (laughs) I think it needs to be
3: sort of said and discussed. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, the sort of severity of of mental health issues, particularly at the moment, which we'll um, go into. Yeah. You know, you genuinely, as Heather did, held that. You know, if something yeah. happens, that is my responsibility. Yeah. And that's a very real situation for a lot of people because they do not have the training in it. And so yeah. where we got together, first of all, you know, went into work mode. I did what I needed to do with Heather. We um, discussed the responsibility side of things and we were able to post. I was able to support Heather in signposting that person to the right help for her. So then we had a conversation, was like, this isn't right. You know, how is it that you're not able, you know, because Heather was doing a lot of Googling, weren't you, about various support services. Yeah.
2: I Can I just point out as well that I obviously um, was fully aware of client confidentiality, but I knew that this, I had a duty of care by this client. So it's not something that I go around <laughs> saying to to friends and stuff about clients but it was i felt like i really had a duty of care to do something about this and like laura said i i just i literally i didn't know where to go if i'm being honest with you i really didn't know where to go and she was a godsend and she 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 enabled me to, you'll hear the word boundaries a lot during this because um, it's one of Laura's favourite words. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so she was able to have a long chat with me about these boundaries, and this girl was phoning me. In fact, it was actually three in the morning oh. that I got this answer. Oh, oh my gosh. And it was a very long answer phone message. And I, I, I actually feel I've got,
1: like, a sinking feeling while you're just even talking about this. Yeah. Um. And with what both you're saying, especially, Heather, I can how you've just described it laura Mm -hmm. i can see myself as heather and shelby as laura (laughs) because we call shelby i mean i'm not in any way making a mockery of anything but we call shelby the ice queen yeah because she's quite detached and quite
0: um i think i'm a little bit um maybe like desensitized in some respects because at one point i worked for the police doing 999 call handling and i think it's unbelievable just how many things go on in the like worldwide but in the UK I'm talking Mm. you know every day there were calls coming in and you could relate probably 99% of them back to something relating to mental health you know these people that were committing crimes or you know were victims it was like a lot of the times mental health somewhere was in that story and I think from just constantly taking phone calls you know I think I just thought not that it's normal, but I became desensitised yeah. to it in a certain respect. Yeah. and yeah. very
3: common. And, you know, as a, as a professional and, and working with other professionals, we would just have these conversations very naturally every day. And I'd be talking, you know, I'd go into meetings and be talking about the most heinous things you know the things that like make people sick to their stomachs like the ones that the like I can't go that I don't ever want to think about like I as my job I had to do that and actually mm. if I wasn't able to hold that and do that I wouldn't be able to effectively you know do my job but within that boundaries you have to <laughs> be extremely boundary, otherwise it you know it bleeds in but there you know there are like it's really um Interesting and refreshing to hear you sort of reflect on that. You know, you're the more of the empath. Shelby's more of the, and and everyone is different in their way yeah. that they react to things. You know, but yeah, whilst everyone's different in the way that they react to them, I still need to look after myself. Yeah, and and I've had yeah. developed ways of doing that as a result of the job that I've done. And if I didn't, you know, I'd I, I wouldn't be able to do the job that I do and the job that we do. But um, yeah, it's um it's really interesting isn't it really interesting
1: yeah yeah. I think as what Heather's just said if it was me and I was in your position Heather I would not have slept a wink at all I would have wanted to help that person I know what I'm like I'd have wanted to get involved because we don't have the training and we don't know how to deal with it it's never something that's spoken about whether you're at college you've gone on a beauty course no we never taught it or how to right. identify any signs or what do we do with that information and how do we protect ourselves yeah. when we've got that information because I know myself that would make me poorly yeah as in I won't be able to sleep yeah. I'd be worried I'd be like you say, Googling, messaging. Yeah,
0: all your energy would just yeah, go towards it that, would. One, that
2: one and subject. It would, and I think it. that, I, just, I mean, I, you know, I'm not saying it for everybody, but I think if you go into the beauty, the hairdressing, the holistic wellness industry, there there is an element that the people that choose that as a career it's because they want to give something to people mm-hmm. they want they, they they want to make people feel better but so they have that natural mm-hmm. they will be slightly i'm sure they'll be natural empaths when they when even just finding their their career path so i think it's it can make even i think it can therefore those sort of conversations or those disclosures can be quite um distressing and 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 impactful on on somebody's um yeah on somebody's mind as as, and you just want to be able to help and when you have somebody standing in front of you that is clearly very poorly Mm. um not knowing quite where to turn after they leave your place which is your, you know, that sanctuary that we're so, mm. that we, you know, that, that we we feel, well, hopefully lots of people mm. feel really proud to be in and that really chilled out atmosphere. But actually when somebody that's, most people leave feeling really happy, but when you suddenly start worrying about somebody mm. that's walked out of that door, it changes, Yeah, it changes lots of things. Absolutely. And, and that's where we yeah. step in. That's where we step in. So for
3: us, um I think... It would probably be quite helpful at this point to just sort of discuss that 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 gap, really, in the beauty industry and why it's so important, you know, because of all of the things that we've just discussed. As we're talking, and as Amanda, you were just talking, and you, Shelby, and saying about, you know, in the beauty industry and the things that we, you know, I'd go at home and I wouldn't be able to sleep. My mind is still blown that there is no mental health awareness training you know, even at a very basic level, yeah. which is just, aware, so spotting the signs, you know, even just to the point where we're putting posters up, you know, even that we're just, when, we, when we're when we at college, we're just discussing possibilities, you know, it, it just blows my mind because of from a, um, again, from a sort of professional perspective and from a psychological perspective, and what Heather was just saying about that sanctuary environment, what that does to people is it really embeds and cultivates a sense of trust. Mm. So you have this this place where you can go, where you can see the same person that you've built that level of trust with, and so already you're more likely, if you've got a mental health issue, you're more likely to disclose because of that. And then you add into that mix you know the so with massage you've got that sensory mm. experience which again that's a huge therapeutic yeah. thing yeah. but there are so many it's nurturing nurturing yeah. exactly and it's that feeling of safety yeah. um and for so many people that don't experience that in their normal day-to-day life and know that they can go into that and have that but also be listened to is is very very reassuring and so therefore they're so much more likely to disclose and yet here we are, you know, in in this position whereby we're almost, you know, welcoming, inviting and nurturing this sort of disclosure environment for people but then have no idea what to do when it would actually happen.
0: Mm. yeah Yeah. I think when I think back to when clients have told me personal information and it's it's never been anything related to mental health I've never really had a client who's been severely poorly Mm. um but even when I think to clients who have told me just personal information say about their love life Mm. I think the reason why they would tell me is because I'm not that close to them that I know the friends or the family Mm -hmm. members but I'm close they feel like they know me well enough that we've got a Relationship, and you know, I'm not going to be say rude to them or judgmental, yeah. And I think it's that you're almost like that middle ground yeah. for people, they know and they trust you, but you're not family, you're yeah. not friends, you're, you're not going to go discuss it with other people, yeah. It's not going to become gossip, no. Um, but like you said, it then becomes the perfect environment yeah. for people to disclose yeah. information exactly. to you,
3: it does. And there's this, um, there's a, a story that I always discuss because of its particularly um poignant in this and it and it relates to domestic abuse um because of, there's a lot of as you know one in five um people are affected by domestic abuse and that has rocketed in covid yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, so yeah, the chances yeah. are that you're seeing people probably on a daily basis that are experiencing some form of domestic abuse um and and like you were saying you know people disclose about their relationship and there are certain things, and in um, the professional world, we call them red flags, so there are certain things that people might disclose that might seem to the average person absolutely nothing, you know, like a, a strange, a, oh, that's a bit of a weird thing for them to say, You and but, you, you know, you discredit it, and it didn't really mean anything, but with the right sort of training, and it doesn't, take a lot but just to have that awareness to tune in to then have a bit more inquiry into that it could be that they are trying to disclose something and there was a um a case of a young girl that was visiting her hairdresser regularly I think she was going on a monthly basis and she built a great relationship with her hairdresser and she'd go in on a monthly basis and she'd have a good chat she'd have a good gossip and um but her partner would always walk her into the appointment and he would always sort of loiter and wait outside but you know that the hairdresser had known this person for a long time and that's just what she did and that was that um and it turned out that actually the reality of her situation was this was the only time where she was allowed to do anything for herself and he was an extremely controlling uh, perpetrator so he would walk her to the appointment um, and he would wait outside and actually he killed her um, oh my goodness! Yeah, and I, you know, again, sorry, I, I I told you I was the decent. <laughs> no, course, so, you know, but it's, it's right re- in there. But it's really important because yeah. it is the reality. Um, yeah. and actually, whilst I'm I'm not for one second saying that that hairdresser should have, you know, she could have saved her life. However, had she had just had a bit of awareness, she she maybe would have gone. It's a little bit strange that he is dropping her off every day. Uh, you know every time she comes to the appointment yeah I wonder why uh, he does wait outside you know and just to then be able to have the confidence to to question that a little bit you know
0: yeah we we had a little bit of a strange scenario recently of but uh, well, we didn't think this is
1: the thing now Laura mm-hmm. we didn't think it was strange well we did
0: well we, we, sort of did, we but thought not it was strange in some <laughs> where respect you got, we where didn't...
3: your gut going with it
0: well well it wasn't going It wasn't where going it is down now. it wasn't going down the mental like the domestic abuse yeah. route. We were we were more just on a strange yeah. sort of vibe. But like he rang and booked the appointment. Right. So I think at first we thought it was gonna be a bit of a fake call snoopy snooping fitting info call. Like the girlfriend wanted to know some, so she got a boyfriend too. Right. That's what yeah. we. That's the vibe we first. Got. Okay,
3: sorry. Talk. Sorry. So, um, did so he made the first point. Has she already been a client to you? No. So she
0: hadn't been a client right. before. Uh, the male rang right. and said, um, "I'm wanting to book an appointment um, for." gel fingers or something well he he sort of said just for my girlfriend so I said so I I, my
1: thought initially was I bet it's a a birthday surprise or something like that um I said yeah yeah no problem do you know what it is you'd like to book Mm -hmm. and then he he asked her so she She was was there so Um, then I thought well that's strange why didn't she just book herself but I still didn't click because I thought I wonder if she's working from home Mm -hmm. she's maybe on a laptop Mm -hmm. maybe got a call so I heard her say Gel fingers, so he then said gel fingers. So we booked her in, she came for the appointment. So
0: I'd gone downstairs to get her because we're doing this whole stay in yeah. your car, we'll come and get you for your appointment situation. So I went downstairs and she got out of the car, and her boyfriend was in the car, mm. um, driver's seat. So she came in really nice. I said to her, Hi, you all right? I said, You know, I've got an appointment for whatever. And we went upstairs, and then I said, Oh, is that your um boyfriend in the car? So she said, Oh, yes. Um, she said, "Um, he he's um gonna wait for me." So I said, "Oh, so I said, so he's gonna wait the entire hour?" Then she said, "Yeah, yeah, but he don't mind." Um, I didn't really know where I were coming today, so he said he'd drive because he knows he knew where to go. So even now, it could have been, and she did say it was, I think, her birthday, and it was a surprise. But then I thought, but it wasn't a surprise because I know you were
2: there. Yeah. yeah. But but it just be, a bit it's just off. bizarre yeah. now thinking back but... and, and and i think this is where it's really that this is where it can be really tricky on our on us really because for all we, for all we know yeah. he's yeah. a really nice guy mm-hmm. that's just really really loving and just wants, you know he he just wanted to you know say oh i'll take you darling and you know and that kind of thing and and it's it's hard to be able to recognize and i think that's the key it's mm-hmm. almost like that that one time would be pretty tricky but it's it's almost like trying to trying to notice those key mm-hmm. phrases, those those key behaviours or things like that 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 maybe over that I don't know. It's it's, it's a, yeah. It's a very it's it is hard, and that's where it is tricky for everybody because people listening could be like. Well, how do you know that he wasn't doing something? To That's you know? it, and, yeah. and we, don't, oh, we, we don't. don't. And we didn't.
0: Well, there were nothing to us that were actually a, a red flag, exactly, alarm bell. Exactly. and
3: then, and and I think there's a difference. And there is, you know, it could have been that he was absolutely, like Heather said, he's just doing a nice thing, or it could be that she is highly anxious, yeah, and so therefore you know, she needs him to do that and she struggles with that. You know, there could be an, uh, all manner of things. Um, I
2: struggle to, to, I struggle to phone up for a domino sometimes to be honest. Like, <laughs> Trish, you do it. Yeah. <laughs> did you have to cancel one of my daughter's dental appointments? For yes, me I once? did. Yeah. I had to cancel one of her dental appointments. So <laughs> yeah, we all have moments, of that course. Go on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I asked my
1: husband though, if I said, oh, when?" ring, ring up and book me a hair appointment he'd be like get along know.
3: yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> do it yourself yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, but also it's important that you don't um like is it's hard because you don't want to sort of um scare like I don't want to scare and no. go right well you know I've told you a story about a murder you know and, and like that. <laughs> that's not what you want to do however there needs to be it needs to come out of the shadows it and, it, and it's more about evidencing that that isn't happening rather than evidencing that it is does that make sense yeah
1: yeah Yeah, I think one of the things I wanted to ask you is obviously we've not had any kind of training so anybody that's in our position that hasn't undergone or dealt with any kind of um addiction mm-hmm. Um, abuse anything like that is there any kind of
3: particular
1: signs that we could look out for
3: yeah so obviously you've sort of met you've mentioned addiction abuse you know mental it, it's a very broad yeah um sort of spectrum but what I would say is and like with the scenario that you were just talking about the main thing that we try to embed in in people is if you are genuinely worried about the safety of somebody, then we will help to teach you about what to do, how yeah. to signpost that person to the right help for them. So it's not about you guys coming in as um, sort of like investig- investigative mental health, you know, constantly on high level. Oh, gosh, they've just said, you know, so-and-so, so does that mean... Oh, you know, yeah. because of that's not what you're trained in, you know. And so a, a huge emphasis is put on um signposting that to the right person yeah. if you feel that it is at that level. So our training provides you with the understanding understanding the difference and then looking for the sign. So with mental health, predominantly we're looking for signs, if you were worried that somebody, if you thought that somebody was at risk of taking their own life, if you thought that they were at risk of hurting themselves or others, if they're talking to you about things that might indicate that they've, you know, so if we're talking suicide-wise, it's generally, it's quite a complex thing to um, tackle because of suicide, believe it or not, when people have um, decided to take their own lives they actually have a new wave of, um, well, joy, to be honest. So they come at life with renewed vigour because of they have accepted that that's the decision that they've made. And so it's really hard for people around them because if they think, oh, my goodness, they're the best they've been. They'll often go out for dinner. They'll you know, go you have out and hair have, exactly, have <laughs> haircuts, have beauty treatments, go out on a massive night out, you know, do all of the things because of, they've made that decision and therefore the weight of that is off of them so it's this really difficult um difficult time that presents itself as one thing but the reality is it's because of they've they've come to terms with that decision so really there you're you're sort of listening out with um with regards to that for things of um i don't i don't feel that i want to be here anymore i think that people would be better off without me it's those sorts of um of conversations that would really sort of prompt you then to to be signposting
2: whereas I think things like just normal like I say normal but maybe not so severe or extreme Mm -hmm. as suicide when it comes to just normal mental health it's just recognizing the way people talk about themselves Mm. and just whether they're just you know when people just have a really low self-esteem or they're just saying that I'm I'm not worthy or I'm oh I'm rubbish at that I'm always I can't do anything right you know those little those, someone that constantly is putting themselves down there tends to be something going on you mm. know and I think that's something yeah. that you can look out for that's something that's quite uh, I guess a, a bit more of maybe an obvious mm. thing would you say to mm. that that therapists could look out for mm. when you're having a normal conversation just the, the cues of them saying yeah I'm I'm yeah I don't do anything right or I'm mm. oh I'm so ugly or I'm, yeah those kind of things and that just some yeah that would be that would be a trigger that would be a, a trigger for for me to be like yeah there's something going on a little mm. bit more than than. Mm. um does that make sense girl
1: yeah it does yeah I think what both of you have said um I can sort of relate to because I am I'm I don't, can I say this on the podcast? I'm going to say this now in case we have to edit it out. But a neighbor, two neighbors of mine, um, committed suicide. Right. We, there
0: weren't there weren't clients there
1: weren't clients, but there were a na- neighbor's. Um, I'm not overly sure how old they were. I think they were in the fifties.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and and both told yeah. yeah.
1: Wow. Husband yeah. and wife. Oh, wow. And it was so heartbreaking, Mm. Um, the sort of journey that led to it. Um, And it was just mental health. It wasn't a bereavement or an addiction or anything like that. Um, But the lady had tried a few times and just everything you've just said, Laura, Mm. she joined a gym. She
0: started going out walking. Mm. Um, She was talking to another neighbor of ours. Yeah. Yeah. she was going around for coffee yeah. and saying how you know how amazing she yeah. felt yeah. and all these things. And now that you said that, it's like yeah. oh my gosh, like yeah, you know, had just simply accepted the fact.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's um another one of my um that uh, quite recently actually that happened. Um, somebody that I knew um he he took his I didn't know him personally but it was a very close friend of mine um knew him very well and he took his life and prior to him taking his life the last photo that he posted was him at the hairdressers and it was, yeah. he was taking a selfie of him having his hair done and I just thought the
2: hairdresser would have had no idea. No, I've got goose. I know, no, I have too. Yeah, I hear, I've heard that story loads of times, and I and again, I and it was at it you know, sensual. and he was. I mean, and I've seen the photo as well, actually. And, and do you know uh, what? It's quite
3: harrowing because it's he, extremely harrowing, and 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 you know, he he'd been going to that hairdresser's a while, but you know it's exactly that and it's really it's a really hard thing to kind of um get your head around as well yeah. especially for for loved ones and it's it's a really difficult thing but unfortunately suicide is something that we are seeing a lot of
2: yeah a lot yeah. of
3: why why do you guys think
1: there's so much stigma still around mental health and people still seem to feel ashamed mm. and don't want to discuss it or
2: why? Why do you think that is still even now? Well, I think I think that there's so much. I think the media still have quite a bit to mm. play as well. You know, people will watch movies, they'll watch, and they'll 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 make their own. They'll make judgments about. You know, I, I mean, not that it's the same thing, but um, you know, Rain Man, for example, being autistic you know those and that's what people believe that autistic people are it's rain man and that's just not true Mm. and I think that that doesn't help things and I think that people believe that if they're if we're we're in a place where people are trying to hold jobs down especially at the moment but if their boss knew that they were suffering severely from mental health Mm. issues and we're at a time when people are trying to make people redundant Mm. and stuff they're hardly going to shout out oh I'm actually really Mm. struggling right now because they might they might think it might not be true, but they might believe that actually they could be the first ones that will be given the boot. Yeah. Or Yeah, you're so right. And
3: I think it's pressure. So I think, we, like Heather's just saying, like it's that pressure. So it's that pressure to do the job. But also I think what we have done as a society is we have created this ideal, this perfection, yes, perfection. and it is just unsustainable yes. and entirely realistic. You know, I have two girls. Heather has a little girl that's at the same age as my daughter and a son. This ideal, yeah. this idea of perfection, you know, you look at Instagram and you see, yeah. you know, the, what people think that they need to look like, what people think they need to behave. It is not reality. No, it's not
2: reality. You, know, yeah. you
3: look at any celebrity that is having their photograph taken, you know, say if they're in Hello magazine or another magazine, they're having four to five hours of hair and beauty. Yeah. They have every and single photo- angle. And
2: their photos
3: adjusted. It's not even photos. <laughs> it's distorted <laughs> reality. Crazy. And what we have lost here is the celebration of every yeah. single line, every single wrinkle, every single freckle, and the absolute beauty that radiates within within each individual. Yeah. And the saddest yeah. thing about it is that it has been sort of squashed and manufactured into this view that perfectionism is the way forward. And mental health issues do not fit into perfectionism. Yeah. However, if you're striving for that perfectionism, nine times out of ten, you've got a mental health issue yeah. anyway. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that, I mean we talk about like social media mm-hmm. quite a lot on the yeah. podcast you can guarantee it comes up multiple times in multiple episodes mm-hmm. about the pressures that come with social media and you know the fact that we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to other you know technicians mm-hmm. or therapists because a lot we come from um quite a big nail background and I think all you sort of end up doing is falling into the trap mm-hmm. of more followers more followers more followers and for us you know we have to sort of take a step back and we have these like days where we say we're taking a digital detox because you do need it and I think if you sort of are the type of person to quite easily fall into that trap then it's also so easy to start comparing yourself to other people and then deteriorated every
2: angle isn't it it's not even I mean the beauty industry is such I think the beauty industry is particularly a bad place too because of just how much emphasis there is on how we look I mean particularly hairdressers maybe more than beauty therapists maybe because Mm. they're standing in front of a mirror Mm. all day Mm. you know I hardly and they, maybe I should do. I hardly ever look in a mirror.
0: No, <laughs> it's it's never, yeah, that's. That
2: I never do. Our did. eyes, like you know, and I've just been doing like a massage or something, and a paddle flush. And um, but when you're but with a hairdresser, you know, they are standing in front mm. of them. They are looking at themselves all day. And yeah. and they, and it, it's, and I, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. There is a place for social media. Of course there is, but I, it can be so toxic and, yeah. and it, it, it just goes for mums in the playground, comparing mm. people's lives, you know, listening to people oh. saying, my kids are doing this, my kids are doing that. I'm going on a holiday here, whatever. And I just, it'd just be so, lo- it would just be so lovely if everyone could just be a happy for everybody else for what they have, mm. but also just to be Oh, I'd love a world where everyone was just really like, yeah, this is me. This yeah. is me, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. I think um, jealousy can pay, play a part in it as well. Oh, right? it's oh, it terrible. It's you know, social media. Yeah,
3: it's massive. But I think for me, it's when I see people constantly posting, you know, just done this just done that you know in the adjusted photos and this isn't me um casting judgment on them whatsoever but it's that it's that need for validation yeah and therefore it's that area within yourself that you feel that you need to get validated you know but the reality is likes aren't going to give you that you know comments on your photos aren't going to give you that the only thing that's going to give you that is learning to absolutely love yourself yeah. from the inside yeah. out. And once you truly have that relationship with yourself, you just don't care and what other need, people think. Need it, no, because of you are happy and you are fulfilled with what you have. But also, once you get that, the judgments against others go. And for us, this is like the biggest thing with yeah. our training is if we could just stop judging. Yeah. The judgment yeah. of others is, I uh, listened to this amazing quote about judging, and it was, when you judge somebody, you punish the person that you're judging and you punish yourself, which is so true. Mm-hmm. It's mm, a toxic, true. toxic, toxic thing. And in the beauty industry, it's huge. And like Heather was saying, you know, not to generalise and say that it's predominantly hairdressers, However, when you're in front of that, you know, in the mirror and we do a massive thing about bitching because it's just a given that there's going to be loads of bitching in the salon and, oh, my God, did you see what she was, you know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you know, I must say, I've been in this industry for 12, 13, something like that years, and I've never experienced that really. No, 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 not physically, not at work, not within the salon environment. Wow, do you know I mean, do. I do. I don't know if I see it on social media or I feel it yeah. on social media. Yeah. I would say people put in quotes about being kind, mm. but then I see something and I think a bit of an ul- ulterior motive yeah, behind. Think, oh, it, yeah. About, Intention just is posted about being kind, but I don't think that's being kind. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just think do people say be kind because it was you know the in thing earlier this year yeah.
3: to say exactly they're saying being kind and then there's being kind and yeah for yeah. us we place a huge a huge part of of our um of our training on on really um sort of embedding yeah and growing that non-judgment mm. from a managerial level yeah, down the top. Yeah. so so we talk about just stopping with any sort of snapshot judgments on people you know we're all human we all have opinions and that's fine but when they're at the detriment of somebody else's feelings and you are role modeling that as a manager that's got to go yeah because as soon as your staff see you doing that then it's acceptable to do that in the work environment and I've been in salons where I've gone to get my hair done and been like it is frosty in here, yeah, you, can you feel know, it. Oh. and as a young girl who, you know, my self-worth was not very good when I was younger and I used to dread going for the hairdressers because of, I thought I'd be absolutely judged, you know, and I'd have to sit there in front of a mirror and I'd be thinking, oh, they're going to be thinking this about my, do you know what I used to think? My main thing was, cause my hair used to be really long and it was really curly. It was like a ruddy lion's mane. <laughs> My main thing was they're going to think she never brushes her hair. Like it's so knotty. <laughs> she just has got the naughtiest hair. And I mean that's just ridiculous. Was it knotty? Really knotty.
0: Was it? So <laughs>
2: did <laughs> you rush <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> I could see their faces, they're getting the tangled. <laughs> it was more of the fact they were thinking, oh my god, this is gonna take us an hour to get oh, well, through and this. it. Always- <laughs> <laughs>
3: but what I could have had was, Do you know what? We all have naughty hair. I'm a hairdresser. I was trained to take on your knots, darling, so yeah. don't worry. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, oh, he's just had a quick chat with Joanna and gone, check out the knots on this one. <laughs> I've got some dreadlock over here. You know? But actually, you know, if we start, imagine if a manager started their day with, you know, let's make some really positive, let's have some positive observations. I love the way that you did that. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing that. It really meant a lot the way you did that. I saw the difference you made in that client. Did you notice how happy that client was when you did da, da, da? Instead of, oh, we've got Sally the Mona coming in at 11. Yeah. Who's going to take her off? <laughs> <laughs> not having She's rude. Do you know what
1: I mean? Margaret
2: going on about her husband again. <laughs> oh,
1: oh. yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I think a part of reality is you do do that. You naturally naturally to do oh. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah.
2: really important. Awesome. I mean, it is a really big part of what Laura and I are really passionate about when it comes to sort of like trying to harmonize a salon. Mm. I think it's really I think we know I've worked in a, in hairdressers before and um and, and just trying to and not don't get me wrong sorry I don't sorry any hairdressers listening I'm not I'm not targeting hairdressers at all because it happens obviously it happens in any industry it's not just that at all but I have worked in hairdressers I was the only beauty therapist so therefore it was obviously predominantly hairdressing and and um I just think that it can be incredibly hard if you have a salon that is bitchy Mm -hmm. and if you if you are constantly getting little snidey remarks here, there, and everywhere, or, and it, and it's for me, I mean, luckily it wasn't too bad for me, but it's, I hate not knowing where I stand with someone. Oh, me too. So it's almost yeah. like somebody says something, and I, I literally, my, I wear my heart mm, on my sleeve, mm. so I, what you, I, I hate that, but, I, you know, mm. I do, I, I genuinely think that I, mm. I, what you see with me, Absolutely. I, I don't have, I don't feel like I have any secrets. If you mm. want to know something about me, then you ask me, and I'll tell you, kind of thing. And and I someone would say something this one particular hairdresser uh, um she would say something and I would go away thinking was she being a bitch then or was actually mm. or was she not and am I just being a bit high mm. maintenance and it was not knowing and that really unsettled mm. me really unsettled me passive aggressive yeah and I yeah, think yeah, it's really important I think just to try with to I think sorry bringing it back in safe hands mm. again I think it's and at the moment mental health is obviously such a big subject Mm. and I think that I want everyone I want to have a section of our training where we you know we've got a section of our training where we want people to to actually start to think about how the bitchiness is in their salon Mm. and actually really sit back and, and for managers to go what is our salon like is is our salon mm. how are we you know do we do that or actually yep. should we praise ourselves because we don't do that yep. and actually we're a real team yeah and there's so many things that small things will never eradicate bitchiness mm. because that is just day to day life however, we can certainly make small changes and adjustments and recommendations to salon particularly managers because they're the ones that will be filtering it through and and being a role model for the rest of their staff where we can say maybe if you stop doing that maybe if you did like laura said turn a negative mm. into a positive instead of saying you guys should be doing this you change mm. the shoulds and you you change that's such a horrible word mm. should mm. um you know it puts so much pressure mm. in onto somebody and you just start praising and being appreciative of people and i guarantee oh. that, that how sad on the, the staff the atmosphere it's small changes and and it seems so simple but I I'm I, I know it will make it it Absolutely. will make a big difference to people yeah there'll be a big shift yeah in, in morale Absolutely. for sure yeah and
3: also, um, sorry sorry go on
1: well the, the thing I was just going to touch on there with Heather was I was just going to say so if we go to work and we feel upset um how do we manage them feelings? And I know, like, you'll probably say, go to your line manager, go to your manager, but sometimes Mm -hmm. it's very difficult if you're having a problem at work with a colleague or or with a client or something personal, or it's with your line manager. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, how do we manage our feelings? What can we do to try and put things in perspective and not be so upset i guess Mm -hmm. Um, and what steps would you guys
2: say we'd need to follow yeah so we so there are quite there are a few things that i think that could be really important here um i do think them being able to offload to somebody within that you know to be able to talk to someone just to be able to you know voice and get it off them. We have this thing where we have a like it's called a shake it off um session where I'm I do going to it then couldn't we? Yeah we could <laughs> all right. yes. uh, there are there there are a few. We'll work on that for the next podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that um and and I I have quite a holistic background. So um i i I'm, I'm a Reiki master so being grounded and removing negative energy from yourself and stuff is something that's really important to me. And um and so Laura and I do have a you brush it off um uh literally physically you brush da- you brush your body you brush down. Brush your body
3: down, yeah. And a and a, and a quick a quick a quick way to do it is literally so while you're sat there, we'd like you to do this. Yes. Obviously you can't see us, we can't see you. So if you just take one hand to the um opposite shoulder And then literally, just push it down
2: and out through the hand. I I've got my dressing gown on. I'm going to have to take it off. off, off. Ideally, we want that energy going into the ground. So you don't want to be brushing it onto your mum, no, because (laughs) that. Which I've just brushed mine, and we just brushed it onto each other. Double brush. (laughs) Now you need to get it off, and it's go into the ground. So down just yeah and I think and I mean we 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 are advising as well on staff welfare checks where um every well however whatever's realistic for a salon but ideally we'd want it sort of every no longer than a month no yeah yeah two to two to three weeks would be ideal um where just for 10 minutes somebody doesn't have to be the manager but someone you know someone within the within the salon goes to somebody else so you know you might go with you two you could do it with each other. <laughs> <laughs> each other and 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 you have like a little checklist and you have like and not you know it's not in depth because I know that there could be managers that could be like oh my god that could open a can of worms More things at, to do yeah. at nine o'clock in the morning when the clients are waiting mm. and it's not that it's literally just being able to have like five questions mm. with um a, a scale and saying you know how are you feeling today mm. you know and what are your stress levels like and then being able to then when you've done the next one a month later or, or however long you can actually compare to how they're doing how that you know what they were like beforehand and
0: that's a fabulous idea yeah yeah
2: i'm coming to you tomorrow at quarter
0: 10 with my list yeah yeah Yeah. sell
3: yourself in we're going to be more than 10 minutes Um, from a sort of from a pragmatic from a pragmatic sense when you're doing that not only does it help to your staff to feel respected valued heard and like that they have an opportunity to vocalize things with you and to embed that sort of trust and also that relationship within within all of the staff but also what it does is if there are any issues because if we've we've spoken predominantly with focused on uh, client disclosures and client issues all of the issues that we have with clients are also really likely to be with staff yeah yeah so what it, what that also does is if you have a template where you're where you're filling it in on a monthly basis, and if there is a particular issue that's been a concern, then maybe you could do it on a two weekly, fortnightly basis. You have a paper trail to be able to refer to, to look back to. So from a kind of GDPR e sense and mm. from a, a practical sense, you have that in place, you know, and so you know that you have done X, Y, and Z. You've followed this procedure another massive thing that came to us when we started to really sort of do our research around all of this and mental health in the beauty industry was we'd say to a lot of salon owners so talk to us about your um you know your safeguarding procedure and your staff policies and procedures you know what does it say on there about mental health and they'd be like what
0: yeah yeah what's safeguarding Uh, yeah
3: exactly what's safeguarding what what do you mean start you know so obviously you'll have the mandatory policies and procedures in place and again we realize what we're talking about is a big thing you know for all salons to have this in place yes it's a big thing but it isn't a big thing but once you've got this in it changes the whole scope you know we
0: we recently (laughs) spoke to um Tammy from NAF Salon, and she her biggest advice if she could go back in time when she opened her salon was having policies in place right. ready for the opening. Yeah, this is just in effect, could just be another policy or procedure that's just there, it's in place, yeah. it's part of the normal for new staff, yeah. existing it's staff. Exactly that simple yeah but yeah it could have such a huge impact exactly. and the yeah exactly and, those, and right those members
2: of staff sorry lord no but not those sorry. members of staff as soon as they join you mm. they know what your expectations mm. are of that salon they know what your the policies are they know you know and so therefore everyone is everyone mm. is starting from the same mm. from the same foundation mm. of yeah of mental health mm. and and that feeling of right I know what's going to happen I know where mm. I can go if I need to mm. I know you know and and it just it, jo- it you know it joins the t's and dots, dots the t's dot. t's.
3: no no nope. <laughs> 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 crosses the t's and dots the eyes. there you go <laughs> but also it just yeah like Heather said it should just be our aim and our dream is to have this as a blanket yeah. in all salons and beauty therapists because of it doesn't take a lot of energy but once you've got it in there so we you know we offer templates in our in our as part of sort of our training package but also if you have a safeguarding policy for your staff and for clients you know that if there was a worst case scenario you have got in yeah. writing a policy and procedure that you have followed, that has been staffed, uh, that has been signed by staff when they have joined with you and taken on. So everybody knows we're all singing from the same song sheet. So when you do have a conversation about X, Y, and Z, because you're concerned about X, Y, and Z, you can refer to. Do you remember when we had that conversation about blah blah blah? blah? Or do you remember in your supervision? Or client welfare check. We discussed X, Y, and Z. I just want to check in with you now to see where you're. You know, it doesn't come as a great surprise, and and it's something we we derive this because of in the in you know in the sort of services world, supervision is something that is mandatory and happens all the time yeah. because of I don't know Shelby, if you had it when you were working in the. um I hope you had it when you were. The, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, I did. So,
2: yeah. Well, Say that quickly, Shelby. Say yeah, that quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> gonna-
3: Yeah. Um yeah, because of you have to have it, because of you have to have a a means of being able to discuss the things that you're dealing with, but also you might need to have some outcomes, you might need to have some actions on that. But so we sort of really looked at this and thought how can we embed this in to this industry that is just so lacking? And actually that is a really simple starter to be able to to start those conversations and to just get it in
0: so what is the sort of like future goal the future vision for in safe hands where do you want sort of your
2: like non-profit to lead to i think i think our ultimate dream is to ensure that in safe hands is um every salon across the country has in safe hands um training um but that starts off in colleges, and that is one of our. That for us is a biggie for us because mm-hmm. we we want to. We, it would be what we would like. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what we would like <laughs> is for. Um, a therapist it, rather than it being a salon a therapist is trained in safe mm-hmm. hands so therefore they leave college in safe hands trained so they can go to mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. Um, salon they're going to and they have got the knowledge oh, got to, I, I mean obviously the salons will need to have the policies and procedures in place mm-hmm. there but them themselves have got that information of how to deal listen without judgment and signpost without fear and that's is That's what we role. would like to have and also
3: then eventually they will start opening their own salons and everything will happen just with that blanket knowledge it's not an opt-in then
0: yeah it'll be like a new generation exactly. exactly. salons and therapists that are more aware of mental exactly. health and what to do. exactly because of
3: this is our reality yeah this isn't going anywhere and it's just actually increasing and when we start to discuss it more when we have conversations and you know when when I'm able to talk about the things that, you know, are particularly, um, you know, they're difficult to hear. Some of the things that I've touched on. And yeah, exactly. They are it is sensitive. But actually, when we start to discuss those things, those things are happening every yeah. single day, every day, everywhere. And when we talk about them, we start to remove a layer of judgment. We start to remove a layer of stigma. And that is our goal, because people shouldn't be judged for having mental health issues because of everybody. Everybody is an individual and they should be celebrated for that. And they should never be shamed, ever. You know, if anyone discloses a mental health issue to me, the first thing I say to them is, well done you too. Yeah. for having the courage to open your mouth and discuss that because that is everything. everything. Yeah, and that must be... For somebody to get that off the
1: chest it's and to huge. get it out there, it must be such a huge yeah. It's yeah. the
2: sharing of it's the sharing the of sharing. stories. It's the it's the people. It's the people talking about. You know, I mean, not bringing it back onto me with my cancer, but you know, there's there's when I was going through it, it was you felt like um obviously there was fear, immense fear, yeah. but. You also felt like you were were those thoughts you were feeling. You know, I constantly, I still get it every day. I think about cancer every day, but those just soon after, obviously treatment, and for a couple of years after, where it was quite consuming. And you sit there and you think, I should be over this by now. The word oh. should again. Oh. Um, and and am I going nuts? Am I is this you know is every slight. I mean it could be like a slight toothache a toothache. Mm. That's cancer. Mm. You know, I've got you know mm. <laughs> I don't know, you've got like mm. a slight earache, it's cancer, it's yeah. come back. And 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 actually when you start sharing when you start speaking up and then you hear somebody you you know, I had was very fortunate with a lot of I made a lot of friends within the cancer world, but and you suddenly start talking, you're like they're like, Yep, yeah, felt exactly the same. Mm. Feel exactly the same, head. Feel exactly mm. the same. And it's the same with mental health. Obviously everyone's stories are different, but uh, you know, when you suddenly say somebody opens up and you say, "Oh, yeah, I'm," you know, I really suffer from anxiety, and you hear somebody going, "Yeah, I do too."
3: Oh, your shoulders—you can oh, literally, yeah. literally yeah. see someone's shoulders go down. Yeah, and a, a, a really um, punchy stat as well for you with domestic violence—it is um, on average forty incidents before a disclosure. Oh wow.
1: my gosh, that's
3: a lot. You man. know, so that is phenomenal isn't it and actually yeah. particularly with domestic violence because of it, it you know mental health also hides in the shadows but at, at the moment people are talking about it more which is great with domestic abuse there's such a sense of fear you know for so many different reasons um but actually when you hear that that's huge yeah and the stats on it are massive and so the more we talk about it and the more we start to realize and hold that as a reality the more we can start to you know as a community and together have a joint response to it and open our minds up to it
1: yeah I think going back to what you said Heather um quite a lot of things have resonated with me over this podcast mm. um that we've recorded
0: this evening I keep on like looking at my mum and like glaring in my eyes saying I mean, that's you this is you <laughs> oh I,
1: I can totally I mean I've never suffered with any kind of mental health issue or anything like that but I have been through quite a lot of trauma would you say traumatic mm. things yeah like my brother passed away from leukemia oh my, my mum passed away from cancer my dad passed away 10 months after that oh bless you i've got I mean I'm happy to share it on yeah. the podcast mm-hmm. um and I've got a stepdad who's severely struggling with um alcohol, alcohol. addiction yeah alcohol addiction yeah. Yeah. um me personally i'm not so. Suff- i don't think I am, but I think with what you said, Heather, you can feel alone mm-hmm. and you feel that nobody else understands
0: yeah. do and- you quite often um I don't think you realize you do it, but you um refer to yourself as an orphan quite often <laughs> I mean, that's I like only mess about she, mess, she does and she messes but then I think there's like that underlying yeah, absolutely sort of like, yeah it, you know you that, do, you that do is do how feel you feel it. you feel alone yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. I am um, I lost my dad actually uh just after uh just before Christmas 21st of December um and it was quite a shock and like for you losing both parents you know I can't, I can't imagine because of, for me, just that uh, shifting identity of somebody that doesn't have a dad anymore, you know, is, is a really, is a really huge thing. And also addiction is something that's been within my family and something that I have um, experienced with people very, very close to me in a very Mm. um, upfront way. Um, So, but also look, this is, so this is what happens and this is what we talk about because of just by Heather, having the courage to share her story it's enabled you to be able to talk to us about your struggles and trauma and let's have it right that is an absolute trauma that you've been through Mm. that's huge and and never um you know diminish or underestimate that because it's massive and the fact that you know that you've you've just been able to share that is great and then you know that's enabled me to share something with you yeah
0: and And that's how it starts
1: yeah that's yeah yeah, that's what where I was sort of going with this conversation is the whole sort of saying, a problem shared um, is a problem had. It's amazing how once you do open that conversation that there's so many people that feel them feelings that you're mm, feeling yeah. and no longer do you feel alone. Um, and you actually do feel like, ah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I've got a little bit of that weight off my shoulders. Mm, yeah. um, Because there does become responsibility Mm -hmm. to you for somebody else as well. Um, And that can be huge. Yeah.
3: Really, really, really huge.
0: Yeah. uh, Well, I hope people have packed some tissues for this one. I know. know. Goodness
3: Um, me. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but you know, but, just so, just so important, so important, and you know, thank you for thank sharing you for that.
2: having us, and and I just think, oh, I've really enjoyed it, honestly. I,
1: I bet people think that's weird,
2: <laughs> but it's just, but I think that's what's so. I think everyone, I often think people when that when I was going through it, I was it was quite a. I campaigned in North Devon, so. Um, I was. I shouted from the rooftops that I was. She really did. Not. Yeah. Incredible way. Made me sound so arrogant. It wasn't. Oh, oh, listen. No. So can we just reflect on this?
3: Twice Heather said, Oh, sorry to go on about my cancer. Sorry to go on about your cancer? <laughs> no, no, I, don't I'm proud
2: the- to it. Absolutely
3: I couldn't be more proud of the woman sitting next to me. Like, literally, as soon as she opened her mouth and said about her cancer earlier on, I literally could not be more proud to be sat next to her. Oh. Oh.
2: Yeah. in my hands here yeah. clapping away yeah um, <laughs> I'm, I'm I, clapping I um but when so I campaigned down here and and so and I wrote for the paper and so I, it was quite a well-known illness down here <laughs> we've got to remember we're in North Devon so it wasn't anything that, that was going to be in Hello magazine and um but it was amazing just just for me to be able to have that um support and nurture from the community where people would just come up to me and give me a hug mm. and they I didn't know them or anything and they're just and the stories that I got mm. people would be like, I mean to be honest even now, which I do find a little bit strange, I will get people that family members or friends or whatever that will literally just text me going, um, hi Hev, um so my friend's uncle's brothers just died from cancer. Very <laughs> oh,
0: oh, bye. well, bye. well
2: bye. Bye. Uh, and, and and i obviously i obviously quite rightly respond going oh that's really sad i'm really sorry for your friend yeah. husband or oh, whatever you know i don't know him yeah. <laughs> and but it's almost like it's almost like that, that because of what i was so vocal about my illness mm. they want to share mm. they almost need some support mm. <laughs> and so they share it with me just to for me to be able to be like because I, I guess I understand, mm. but it's really mm. funny how it just that, um, yeah, just how mm. that. I don't even know why I start chatting about that to be honest. Um, no, because it's it was, it was it was sharing. I think yeah. that's the whole thing
1: Absolutely. is sharing. I think yeah. all that goes back to again, sharing is caring, and yeah, and it actually it, it there's so much truth
2: in it though. There really is, yeah. you know. Sharing is healing. Yeah it's, yeah it's healing and that is well, that's yeah. just, so sharing true. is it's healing so true. and it's
3: part of your healing journey and when you have the courage to expose yourself in that way and be that vulnerable to let other people in that oh the healing that is in that is yeah. just huge absolutely huge Yeah,
0: yeah so my thinking right now is i have a feeling when this podcast goes live you are going to be inundated with messages who have had similar experiences oh, and loads of stories to you know to yeah, tell and great. um even possibly a lot of people that are actually going to be coming to you you know needing help yeah, yeah, yeah. needing advice yeah, needing guidance yeah. so where where can our listeners go to then to find you
3: right so the best place to get us is on instagram so we are at in safe hands limited ltd um You can also on our website. You can email us. So our website is www.in-dash. Dash. Now I always oh, get hyphen, confused hyphen hyphen with the hyphen. hyphen,
2: hyphen, dash. hyphen <laughs> <dash>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Car so w- edit. W- w- it's okay. Let's start again. It's www.in-safehands.org.uk. Yay! Yeah. Um, yeah. so
3: those are the two predominantly the um the best places to get us. And also we will absolutely do our best to reply to as many messages as we can. We genuinely will do that. And obviously our whole training is about signposting. So, you know, if there needs to be we will signpost, but also we are more we are so happy to hear other people's stories. It it it's why we do what we do. You know, it it humbles us. It
2: it's yeah. It's it's what well, gets it's, us our up, it? it's, it's our, our passion. It's our passion, and I think that's you know that's what I think. I, you know, I hope that you can hear the passion in our voices when we talk yeah. about it because it is something that we really we're really determined to to change the beauty and hair and wellness industry and and starting from the roots at colleges. And I really hope that I hope that the I hope that the country can you know can can jump on board with us Mm. as well and actually really embrace this and say, do you know what? Yes, it's time to change. And I think that's what's really important is it's time to say, no, 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 we're not going to put up with this anymore. We need to address this. This isn't like Laura said, it's not going away. We need to address this. Mental health is a big issue. And we can make a difference. And if we all work together as a team, it's not just Laura and I; it's all of us yeah, working together yeah. as a team to be able to make this massive, massive, mm. huge shift within an industry that is so dated when it comes to this.
1: I think the industry as a whole is very dated, oh,
2: yeah. Anyway,
1: I and I think I think from chatting to people on the podcast and at various events recently, it does fall back to the basics mm. and you know training manuals in colleges haven't been updated oh, for 15 years oh, and it's crazy you know we've gone back during this pandemic to washing hands whatever happened to washing hands yeah, you know, no. <laughs> that's what we were taught in college it was the first thing we were ever oh, taught no. if you didn't wash your hands then you would fail your assessment um so hopefully with the pandemic um a lot of things will be readdressed and let's all sort of come together raise awareness yeah. and let's let's get them build the fundamental building blocks exactly. in
3: place and it can start yeah. with something you know it starts small you know even if yeah. one thing away today it's just to shift that negative that negative thought process so when that negative comes in how can i look at this with a positive how can i celebrate what this person gives me
0: yeah we really hope that um this podcast is being the start of spreading that word and spreading that yeah, awareness because we can help we definitely. want to be you know on board and a, a tiny 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 little part you oh, know to contribute to this amazing calls oh
2: thank you so much yeah thank you no thank
0: you
1: yeah thank you you've been amazing guests and I've really really enjoyed it
0: sounds silly like at the beginning when I said we've been so excited to have you on board and I bet you're thinking excited that's a weird (laughs) word to use but (laughs) we genuinely like we feel from our point of view that this episode is going to be so insightful and so useful it's completely different to anything we've done before really 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 worthy I feel I feel I don't know about you Shelby
1: but I feel like we've learned so much from talking to you Brilliant. tonight. Brilliant. Do uh, you
3: know, I'm so pleased. And when we when we spoke at the beginning and, you know, you guys were saying, oh, you know, this is this is what we do and, you know, we're not trained in mental health. That was the aim for us. You know, we we don't need to quickly do a masterclass in training you in mental health. What we need to do is ignite that fire in your belly to start shifting your way of thinking slightly and actually let's start talking about it and hopefully you and and your listeners will then start talking about oh do you remember oh did you hear that and we spoke about that and we spoke and then it starts you know
0: yeah yeah absolutely snowballing brilliant yeah well thank you so 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 much thank you thank you you both so much you've been amazing
3: thank you
1: thank you so much for listening to this episode if you've enjoyed our podcast please leave us a review and subscribe
0: We would love to connect with you on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at The Beauty Edit Podcast or join our Facebook group, The Beauty Edit Podcast Society. Thank you so
1: much again and please do look out for another episode of The Beauty Edit Podcast.